Hey guys, thanks for listening to our Mandalorian season two episode. We got through a bunch of the episodes, but we got we got to cover some of the three biggest episodes of the whole season where shit just goes off the chain. We got Kyle in the house, our Mandalorian expert. It's going to be great. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. We're not going to jibber-jabber too much more. Let's dive right into the episode. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. Uh, Matt. Matt. We're continuing our Mandalorian Season 2 chat. We got a guest in the house, though. Who do we got? We got Kyle Akahoshi back from Season yeah, 1. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, we could not do not just the show Mandalorian, but anything related to Mandalore. We, we got to bring you in. Oh, man. Thanks for being on our first episode covering Season 2. We're continuing the episode. We got to keep it going, man, because we didn't even get to hit... The three biggest episodes. Shit goes insane from here on out. So, guys, if you haven't listened to the first part of our Mandalorian Season 2 coverage, go check that out. Hear what we had to say. We got to hear a secret voicemail left by Mickey Mouse <laughs> to Grogu. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Episode 206, The Tragedy, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Oh, my God. What an insane episode. Where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we begin? I think, I mean, just, you know, it looked like California, first of all, right? Did anybody agree it looked like Southern California? Which it was. (laughs) It was Simi Valley. I saw the behind the scenes and it was filmed in Simi Valley right there in the the hills. Oh my God. Like him just being placed on the scene stone and nothing happened. And all of a sudden that beam of blue light, because now Grogu is, is attached to the force and he's calling out. A force, force field, field. If you will. there you go. There you go. So he's uh, you know, trying to reach out to any Jedi of his of his kind. So but then you see Slave One and you're like, Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm losing my yeah. mind. And you're like two minutes into the episode, it's like Slave One, that's Slave One. And my wife's like, <laughs> What is that? I don't care. Just don't yeah, it's fine. I'm I'm sure they'll tell me. Slave One shows up and we get a robe clad Boba Fett and you're like oh I mean I wish he was in the armor but that's still pretty cool and he's here with somebody from season one confirming a huge Mm -hmm. theory that people had so Fennec Shand the sniper is with Boba Fett and she's like I'm part robot now check it out and you're like wait Boba Fett can make robots okay (laughs) all right I'll roll with it whatever but he's like I want my armor back and I'll fight you for it and just when they're about to like throw down, we see this Imperial dropship come out of the sky with a bunch of stormtroopers. And he's like, tell you what, I'll help you if I get my armor back. And Mandalorian's like, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, uh, you guys can't see her. Ruby said that with the fucking greatest like smarmy ass face. I'll think about <laughs> I'll it. I'll think about it. <laughs> so we get bitch in action scene. Oh my God. Fennec Shan is ruining stormtroopers. She's given us like Raiders of the Lost Ark homages, rolling boulders yeah. down cliffs, yep. smashing guys. We get her doing the like halo drop shot where she jumps off a cliff, turns around, shoots mm-hmm. them in the face. Holy cow. But she's like starting to get 
in in a little bit of deep water. They're rolling out ion cannons. They're they're kind of cornering her. And just when you're like, oh well, somebody better save her in a great act of heroism, who shows up? Mister Boba Fett himself. Oh my god! Boba Fett sneaks into the Razor Crest, yep. right? And he's got his armor. He puts his armor back on. No, just the fact that when Boba Fett is in a Tuscan Raider thing with a gaffy stick. And smashing dudes, smashing heads, smashing in. dudes yeah. heads in with it. It was like the best way to bring Boba Fett back from his untimely little bitch and bitch death scene from, you know, Return of the Jedi. And that was just horrible. So I'm just glad that the way they brought him back was just this badass scene with some badass music playing in the background. And he's just going to town on these stormtroopers, knocking them out. So Tamora Morrison, who plays Boba Fett, or Jango Fett in uh, Attack of the Clones, is also now Boba Fett live action. He is, I believe, part, he's like a part of a Polynesian tribe or something like that. So he used a lot of his his uh his culture to use those fighting techniques which is called like the haka which is that dance that they do where they stick out their tongue and then they bang their chest and stuff like that so he used a lot of that influence and he showed john favreau and dave filoni those fighting techniques and they were just like all amazed with them they're like yeah you got to put this in the episode so a lot of his fighting techniques that he was doing he actually did all the fighting scenes himself there was no stunt double it was all him and he's like in his 60s so he Good was for him. yeah. So he was doing that all himself and using those those uh, fighting techniques that his culture, which I thought was so cool that they brought in, you know, something cool. different like that. So yeah, and it's amazing. Like it's one of those scenes that just I mean, I had the biggest nerdgasm. I'm like high five in the air, like just nobody <laughs> nobody cares, but you know. And my wife's like, it's she thought it was pretty cool. She was like, okay, Boba Fett's back. That's pretty rad. And like in one scene. Robert Rodriguez makes up for all the loserdom that Boba Fett had been. Like you said, Kyle, he, everybody was like, Boba Fett's so cool. He looks like a badass. Look at that mask. And then like, he goes out like a punk. And for all the years Mm -hmm. of making fun of him for like one scene where he gets thrown into a Sarlacc pit is made up for it. And the coup de grace, man, he sees the, the shuttles taken off. He's like, not on my watch. Throws down his little visor thing, which you've never get to see him use. And boom. It's called a range finder. Okay. Throws down the range finder. <laughs> boom. Backpack rocket. Hits one of them. Okay, badass. But you missed the other one. <gasps> what a fucking champ. Crashes <laughs> the other ship into each other so that he gets two with one rocket effectively making Boba Fett the biggest badass on the planet like we all thought he was. No, the best is the, the line, line. he says. Yes. Je- like, uh-huh. Yeah, because the Mandalorian compliments on him for a nice shot, and he's like, I was aiming for the other one. You know, I didn't know this was directed by Robert Rodriguez until the episode finished and I saw the credits. I knew it was clearly, like, obviously, like, by a good director and an action director because that, that one fight scene is just crazy him destroying those stormtroopers was awesome i have a decent sized gripe about how flimsy that stormtrooper armor is even if you assume that he is the greatest fighter ever and that a gaffy stick is weighted perfectly the fact that it can break through a stormtrooper helmet why are they even wearing this armor but like it doesn't matter because the show is so fun and so awesome and when he gets into the razor crest gets that armor and walks back out and he's you know, you've all seen the pictures of him with the dad bod and a little bit of a paunch with the thing. 
First of all, aesthetically, I kind of like that. I think it looks cool because he doesn't look like he had pit. a lot of time to put it on. Inside yeah, the Snarlack like pit, there was a snack bar, but I mean, I can't blame him for it. <laughs> but he comes out and he, like, the, Rumi is right. This is the kind of thing that I usually would be like, pandering, you got hard rock music, directed by Robert Rodriguez, this this actor who, you know, there's nothing wrong with the actor that played Django Fett, but fuck that entire movie, Attack of the Clones. There's so many stupid things about yep. it. And now it's canon. Like, now it's part of the mythos. Yeah. But this show keeps doing things where it's like, listen, I know you hate that. Let me just show you one thing. And you're like, fuck, okay. When he comes out and he's dressed like that and then he starts fucking people up in the armor, I'm sorry, I get the biggest nerd boner and it's like, Ugh. How how cliche is it to have a nerd boner for Boba Fett? But like, I wear mine proud. But he gave you a reason. He gave you a reason to be proud of Boba yeah, Fett. Yeah. He totally. he made up totally. for all the years that Boba Fett that people yeah, were like he really did. But Boba Fett went out like a punk, and you're like, yeah. But he came back, was defending Grogu, killed like thirty stormtroopers by himself, took out two transport, effectively killing like thirty mm. more people. What a badass. The whole time this battle's happening, they release the the dark troopers and they mm-hmm. start coming down. These badass robots giving us some evil Iron Man vibes. They land mm-hmm. and little Grogu, he's all tired. Oh, I forced <laughs> I forced myself to sleep. Oh no, I'm too tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he totally takes a takes a nap. Uh he pulls a pulls a Godzilla, a Shin Godzilla, and takes a nap a in the Shin middle Godzilla. <laughs> in the middle of the most important moment. And uh the, the dark troopers take him and I mean, I got upset. I was like, no, Goku. And he's like, well, let's get on the Razor Crest and go save him. Boom. Razor Crest gone. Ha ha. Sucks to be anybody who bought a Razor Crest. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> You're wasted. Honestly, when that happened, my biggest thing, they keep, I have to, in my mind, I'm rewatching season one right now with Amanda and they keep fucking the ship up so bad that like there's no reason for it to be really actually functioning. Like it's just been so fucked up. So like, and I, I have no affinity to the actual ship. But when that got blown up, I was like, no, his disintegrator ray was in there. Oh, so like his yeah. badass, mm-hmm. you know, two pronged yep. holiday special gun. Theoretically, that was in there. He still got the best car. Um, tried well, not tried spear, it, but spear. the best car spear. Mm-hmm. He still got that, but. Um, one of my favorite things about this episode, though, is Boba Fett explains that he is a Mandalorian, yeah. yes. which is amazing. And he, again, it, it's, it's not only the attention to detail and the fact that this show knows we want answers to certain things, but they're able to do it without stepping on too much of the stuff that comes before. So he says, I wasn't born on Mandalore, but essentially he was another mm-hmm. foundling, which only makes him that much more kindred to... Uh, you know, our Mandalorian, which is pretty fucking cool that like the whole galaxy doesn't realize that Boba Fett is like in context of the of right. the universe. The whole galaxy doesn't realize he is a Mandalorian. He's not just wearing. Right. We've armor. never we've never been explained that before in the past. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't that ex- explanation. You know, I'm sure that there are people being like, well, in the Legacies comic book where this happens, that couldn't be. And I'm sure that exists. But for the for the most part. That shit fits with everything that we've seen before, at least most of the big pieces. And I mean, what else can you ask for? Again, this is one of those things that I want to be like, ugh, too much in one episode, man. Like, but no, it was fucking awesome. It was so cool. And he plays like that actor. Django Fett wasn't a terrible character per se. He just shouldn't have been 
Boba Fett's father and a clone and a this and it like it shouldn't have been done that way. But that actor did a good job as that character and he's fucking killing Boba Fett. Like he's doing a really good job. He's certainly doing the character justice. Oh man. Oh yeah. Totally. So good. Totally. And so now we're you know, the tragedy, we're in a big a big uh-oh right now. You lost your charge, Mandalorian. You're in some deep shit. Uh, one of my favorite things to come out of this, though, is a Instagram video of Robert Rodriguez playing the guitar with Grogu sitting next to him, and Grogu sitting next to him, bobbing his head to the guitar music, and then opens his mouth and goes, which tells me that Grogu on set actually makes those noises. It's not like, it, I mean, they, I'm sure they add in ADR later, but like when he opens his mouth, somebody's doing voices because they have him talking in this video. And I was like, that is so fun. You got to hang out. Well, you know, a lot of times, I don't know how they're actually doing it, but I know a lot of times because I've done a lot of puppets on set. Yeah. For the sake of everybody interacting, you know, in a shot, they usually do have someone doing a voice, even if it's just a temp yeah. voice or a, just to get the timing of the mouth and stuff yeah. right. Um, they, there, there, there definitely is either either a playback if they've done if they've recorded the voice already, or they have somebody like a. Well, Kyle, you probably watched some stuff about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, he was saying that he saw the video on Twitter or Instagram of of Rob Rodriguez playing the guitar and Baby Yoda Grogu is dancing to it. But the behind the scenes one from on Disney Plus, Robert Ray, Rodriguez, how he pitched Boba Fett's fight scene when he has the his armor back on. He actually had his sons dress up with the helmets, like you and I bought the Stormtrooper helmet and a Boba Fett helmet, put them on his sons, and did the same exact fight sequence that was what played in the show with his sons being Boba Fett and a Stormtrooper and him just annihilating that Stormtrooper, then using actual action figures from when he was a child as like the stunt doubles, like doing the flips and stuff like that. And he pitched it, uh, he pitched awesome. it to Dave Filoni and John Farrell thinking, Oh, this is going to be cheesy. They're going to hate it. Dave Filoni asked him, are those like action figures? He goes, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have much to use. And he goes, no, that's like the best thing ever. Like that is what star Wars is. So it's just so <laughs> cool how even Robert Rodriguez is using his action figures and his stormtrooper helmet, Boba Fett helmet with his sons and just bringing this like, all you know all to that big fight scene pretty much so that's so awesome i mean boba fett's back he says uh, you know me and fennec shan we're gonna we're gonna ride with you to help save grogu because we promised we'd protect the child which i was like yeah part of what we said which i was like that's a little bit of a stretch in my mind but at the end of the day i'm like i want more boba fett so bring it on also what else is he doing he's not got a lot going on (laughs) So, and now they hop in Slave 1, which we get to see the inside of Slave 1 of how it rotates while you're inside, which everybody had theories about how Mm -hmm. it worked, but to see it Mm -hmm. work was so fucking cool. And that carries us into the next episode, 207, The Believer, or I like to call it The Believer, favorite (laughs) album, 2018. Just kidding, just kidding. Not Not a Justin Bieber fan. But- this episode. But did you know that Justin Bieber was in that episode? Yeah, he is one of the pirates that is jumping onto the the caterpillar thing. That's right. He's the one. He's that. There's a pirate. I don't remember what his name. Kyle, do you know his name? But he's the pirate that's got the little Ellen DeGeneres haircut. <laughs> and he's got a little sweatshirt on. <laughs> you didn't expect me to jump jump on board with you, did? Did I? Bet. I did it. I did. It. I was like, wait, is Justin Bieber in that episode? <laughs> 
That's why it's called the balloon. Yeah, I was looking at you too, and I was like, wait a minute. I think they're I think they're fucking with me. Yep, they're fucking with me. Rumi, is that why you dressed up like Justin Bieber today? Ah! No, that's just pure style, man. <laughs> hey, you can't knock. I'm not gonna lie, Rumi, you're pulling it off. It's killing me inside, but you're pulling it off. You look adorable. Now you just gotta say baby grugu, baby grugu. Baby grugu. <laughs> you're so yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> Ew. Oh. Uh, okay. This episode is one of my favorite of the season, but definitely maybe even the series. I love this episode. Not only is right, it a I video think... game level, it's also like right. uh, Star Wars speed. Like if you just had like, don't go below 55, right. you got to keep up this yeah. speed. It's just speed for Star Wars, which I love. What a great. And I really think that's the only problem. I have a friend. We've mentioned him on the show multiple times before. His name is Barry. His favorite thing to do is complain about anything and everything. Yeah, Barry. And he says, every episode's the same. It's just like a, a video game the whole time. And that's true, but it's so fucking fun. But and it would just, you want to play Star that Wars, video game? It's fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm not even a video game guy, but I agree with that. And this do- totally is a video game level, but it's just, it's fun. And it also, like, we'll get to it, but it has one of my favorite non-action scenes, like a, a, a really well acted and directed scene. Mm. But, uh, it, you know, it's essentially they, they get on a car that they got, a you know, a moving transport that they got to drive. There's pirates trying to jump on. So there's... You know, the car is doing things, knocking pirate ships knocked over and crashing them. Pirates are jumping onto the top of the car and you have like the classic train fight, you know, on top of a train. Yep. I, I love, I love, I love it. It's fun as shit. And it looks like fucking Star Wars. Have you guys seen the movie Sorcerer from 1977 with Roy Schneider, directed by William Friedkin? No. No. It's about these guys in South America who have a truck full of dynamite and they have to get it to a certain location and the whole time they're being attacked by gorillas. It is this movie, but it's great. If you guys haven't seen it, Sorcerer 1977, I just just throwing it out there, but it is basically, this is Sorcerer for Star Wars, which was <laughs> fucking rad. <laughs> well, not, well, the thing about this episode that I like so much is this is the fact that you're actually rooting for the Empire because they switch positions. So Mando and Bill Burr returns as May- Migs Mayfield, and I love Bill Burr, he's a funny comedian, stuff yeah, like that. I so agree. it was cool to bring him back because I thought they were done with him after he got you know arrested and put back on that uh, that carrier that was taking prisoners back. Yeah. So I'm glad they brought him back. But yeah, so that was one of my favorite episodes of season yeah. one. Was that that prison yeah, storm? So good. Yeah. So the fact that they brought him back was cool. But yeah, no, it's just the fact that you know you're you're actually rooting for the tie fighters that come in at the last moment when they're crossing over the bridge trying to beat these pirates and you're like oh my god i'm actually rooting for a tie fighter that's shooting at pirates not not the other way around where the money falcons coming in yeah. or the, the razor crest is coming in and blowing up other you know imperial it's a great <laughs> episode we get bill burr wax poetic about like what the empire is we get him talking about like what your code is he's like well mm-hmm. you know what if you wear the helmet this way wearing this helmet's okay but that helmet's not like what is the rules as long as you go to sleep at night and you feel okay about it then i'm a what i'm whatever i'm pretty gray area which i thought was a great conversation and it really opens the door for some of the thought process that mando gets into uh it's super super funny i was talking to my brother kevin he's like He's like, I, I, he's like, Bill Burr's okay. I just don't, I don't really like him in here. I was like, why? He's like, because he's got a Boston accent in space. Why is there a Boston accent in space? And I was like, okay, that is kind of funny. Why are there there's so many British accents? Because British is the default foreign. Like, if you watch a movie, like, <laughs> I always bring this up. When you watch a movie like Enemy at the Gates, which is about Russian snipers fighting Germans, everybody in that movie just has British accents, except for Ed Harris. 
Ed Harris is like, I'm a German sniper. What are we doing? You're doing British. You're doing, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to do Ed Harris. So Ed Harris is doing Ed Harris voice. Everyone else is attempting a British accent to varying degrees of success, even though they're Russian and Germans. Oddly enough, Ed Harris is actually in this episode. Shut up. No. (laughs) (laughs) Random, random, random fact. I actually cleaned Ed Harris's pool when I was a pool boy back in the day. (laughs) <laughs> did he do it in a what accent, did he pay what you with a British accent talk to you? <laughs> no I, <laughs> he never really actually came out he just threw me the money and that was it <laughs> he sniped the money at you from afar there you go yep this episode is really funny though well I, it's interesting to me because like I love the idea of Bill Bartlett being like you don't you know think about your code you know you can make it your own stuff essentially and then Mando's like yeah I can take my helmet off he takes his helmet off there's a couple things like plot devices that I think are pretty thin when he like walks up to a computer and tries to make the computer work, even though he knows that it's not going to work. And the computer's like, only stipulations like, show me your face. <laughs> yeah. And it was, yeah. All right. And he's like, uh, okay. So then he does that and it's fine. I read something online that said that like, if you watch that scene, the entire scene, Pedro Pascal has his mask off. And if you watch it, he acts the whole time as if he has a helmet on. And someone I read, this this dude that I read about said that if you think about it, if you have a helmet on, you wouldn't look to somebody or at something with your eyes. You would turn your whole head because the helmet would impair your vision. So if you needed to, to look at something, you would turn your entire head as opposed to just your eyes. We're eye. all like and trying it, it watched, out. We're like, huh? Yeah, we huh. like to see you both trying it. If you And I tried it when I read this, but it, and I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but this review online said if you watch that scene pedro pascal is doing that to the point where when someone else in the at the table he's sitting at a table talks he turns his entire head towards them which i think if that i didn't look if that's true that's fucking baller um but to me i think bill burr steals that scene because he really is is doing some shit he's talking about his time with the empire how he feels about that and how he feels about these this smarmy ass you know, higher ranking Imperial officer sitting across the table in front of him. And Bill Burr tries to keep his cool for a second, but then also tells him like it is. And then is just fucking blowing him away. And my first instinct was that kind of went a little fast, really far, but then it was like, no, it's actually fucking well, awesome. Cause here's what they're talking about. So they're talking to this officer. The officer is played by the guy who played the night King in game of Thrones, which is yep. awesome. He's a great character actor. He plays this like dark, evil guy, but he's talking about well, the conversation they're having is so fucking cool because he's talking about when the Empire fell, they went into scorched earth mode and they started burning everything they could. And this is called Operation Cinder. Operation Cinder. Yeah, which we see firsthand in the game Battlefront 2, which has an incredible story mode. If you guys haven't played it yet, the story mode. Don't ruin it. I just got it. The story <laughs> like, mode. Like last week. Oh my week. God. The story mode's amazing because it's about <laughs> no, an you imperial say, you ruin officer, a, a, an, an imperial TIE fighter pilot who like she's on Endor and she's like, we're going to clean up these rebels when we destroy them. And they look up in the sky and Death Star goes and it's that oh shit moment what now and they see operation cinder which is let's start destroying every city that we're in to make sure that nobody can take it from us whether you have it i don't care if you have it as a building or a burnt to the ground you can't have this but you can't have this planet and that's like a real historical military tactic. Earth like, tactics yeah man both yeah. us and other countries will do that yeah. and it, you know especially to keep something from falling into someone else's hand and this bad guy says, so all this stuff that you just delivered to us, this very volatile, explosive fuel, it's going to help us destroy lots of towns and, and we're going to fuck up lots of people. And Bill Burr's like, 
yeah, lots of good soldiers died. And the guy's like, yeah, lots of civilians died too. It was awesome. Cheers to the empire. And Bill Burr's like, mm-hmm. bam, shoots him in the chest. Mm-hmm. Freaking great. Suddenly they're trapped in this in this bunker full of Imperial soldiers and they have to escape. And it turns into this great like video game sniper thing where like you have Fennec Shand and Cara Dune sniping from the, from across the way and Bill Burr and Mandalorian have to escape and they're running on the rooftops trying to get to slave one. Freaking awesome. Yeah. I, I, and like going back to the Bill Burr conversation, it just humanizes him because he was an ex Imperial sharpshooter, but then he has this element of, he lost his brothers. Like it's the same thing with military, right? You're fighting for the country that you're fighting for. Right. But you don't have a choice. So the fact that this officer is telling him like, you know, who cares? We lost civilians too. We lost that. It doesn't matter. It's just a number. As long as it was for the main goal of taking over and having the empire take over. Right. And so Mayfeld kind of is just this humanized character now, which you never thought you were going to see in him bringing that, to the star wars it was just like okay the empire some empire people aren't as bad as we think they're just puppets pretty much led by the puppet master yeah and you you get some of that in solo and stuff mm-hmm. and again it lived it lends itself to the world building of like it's not just good guys and bad guys it's not just white hats and dark hats it's there's a lot to it and i love that you can have this scene in there and it's not even about you know bill burt's character but like we're taking this scene to really explore how some people think and then there, obviously there's there's you know comparisons that can be drawn to real life military and, and real life you know conflicts and stuff like that but this is definitely one of my favorite episodes of this so well, just, the, just the funny thing is that one short trooper that just kind of has his tray of food and looks at him and, and they all look back at him <laughs> yeah, and yeah, was like, yeah oh shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like am i gonna get wasted right now and sure enough he gets wasted <laughs> so it's like i'm just eating my lunch and the next thing you know i'm dead <laughs> yeah 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 it's that, and it's that. I love. I read a, a Punisher comic recently where that kind of scene happened, where you, the Punisher and someone else were standing in a bunch of bad guys, and the other guy kills one of the bad guys, and everyone just looks around and they're like, "Well, this is going to be a shootout now." And Punisher ends up killing these bad guys who he wasn't originally going to kill, but it was either shoot them right now or they're going to try to shoot me. And pretty interesting. It was good. And it, again, I, I got to give Nick Nolte and Justin Bieber some pretty big credit for... Was it No, not Nick Nolte. Ed Harris was in this episode. <laughs> Bill Burr gets to do this amazing sniper shot showing that he still has it, still got it. And yeah, he yeah, shoots yeah, yeah. the transport that they had the fuel in and it blows up. The whole place blows up. Spectacular explosion. Pretty rad. He shoots it from Slave 1, yeah, doesn't from he? From yeah, Slave 1 is it taken mm-hmm. off. They're being chased by TIE fighters. Slave 1 Slave One drops the seismic charge, which if you've played uh, oh. Battlefront 2 is a great weapon. <laughs> Blows them up. Rad. One of the few cool things from the prequels. Yeah. that yeah. The, the That's the Bill Burt sound design of that silence and then <laughs> such a cool idea. They let Bill Burt go. They're like, hey, uh, you blew up in that factory explosion. And he's like, no, I didn't. I'm right here. And they're like, no, no, you blew up in that factory explosion. He's like, what do you mean? Wink, wink, wink. And he's like, oh, ah, wink, wink back. I get it. So he takes off. But they like left him on that planet. But then also he's now stuck on that planet. Yeah. 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 And I thought that too. I was like, I mean, thanks for not bringing me back to jail, but also- you couldn't drop me at a gas station? Yeah. <laughs> well, now he's going to have to like go be like, hey, pirates, what's going on, guys? Uh, what, are you guys uh, what are you guys doing? You doing anything? Can I help out? Anything you need? Justin Bieber is going to be like, you weren't driving that transport <laughs> I fell off, were you? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's it's pretty great. But we end the episode with 
a voicemail that was recorded for Moff Gideon. They get a voicemail from Mando and he's like, give me back the child or I'm going to fuck you mm. up. But like, look, he delivers it so like refined and very eloquently. Imagine any time you've been like, you stole my child. Like we've seen Liam Neeson leave voicemails like this, but t- tr- tell me, how would you leave a voicemail? It's like, hey, uh, I'm going I'm to come and get you. I'm going to come and get you. I'm going to get my kid back. I'm going to kill you. And like spittle coming out. And it's like, he just did it in such a great, like normal, calm way. He's like that kid means more to me than you will ever know, which was so great because he's using his own words against him. Bad ass. Speaks to Mando's character too because he he's a bounty hunter, right? He's going to do what the job entails or what he dece- he deems necessary. He's not necessarily in it. I mean, he's in. He, he wants that kid for a cause, yeah. but he's not trying to take down the Empire. If, if Gideon was like, okay, here's the kid, Mando would take the kid and walk away as we almost see in the next episode. Right. He just wants the kid. And he's not threatening them per se. He's giving them that chance to be like, look, this can be a thing or you can just give them back. You know, and then he, we get to that conversation in the next episode. But he gives them that, that opportunity of I'm going to come in guns blazing and I'm going to fight you unless you just give it to me right now. And I love, like you said, Rumi, the, the restraint of that to be like, listen, before shit goes down, if you want to do this the easy way, I'm game. And let you know, and I love the idea of let's try that. If that doesn't work, though, you better lock the door because I'm fucking common. Well, it goes back to season one when he says that famous line, "I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold." You He's in giving cold. you right. two options, right? He's right. saying you can either come the easy way or you can come the hard way, and that's exactly what he's saying to Moff Gideon with his message: "You can either give me back the child, or we can do something else, and you're not going to like that way." So. I think that's the whole premises of the show, you know, them saying this is the way and, and saying, I'm not going to kill you, but I will if I have to. I'd rather not. Like, this is easier for me if we don't do it this way. But if you're not going to do it, the, if you're not going to do it that way, fuck, let's do it. And Moff Gideon chooses the hard way, as we find out in the next episode, <laughs> mm-hmm. the finale, episode 208, The Rescue. Let's just have a moment of peace. <sighs> All right. The Rescue starts off with the Lambda shuttle flying through space being chased by Slave One. Our heroes take it over. I mean, we didn't even talk about it. We have we've, we've met back up with Bo-Katan. We have Cara Dune. We have the Mandalorian. We have Boba Fett. Shattuck is here. I mean, they take this Lambda shuttle. The cloning scientist is there. They try mm-hmm. to capture him. The Lambda shuttle pilot grabs him hostage and we get this great, like, standoff between... Really good Mexican standoff. Mm-hmm. Alderanian standoff, please. <laughs> <laughs> and the shuttle pilot's like, you're from Alderaan. She's like, yeah. And he's like, how many of your people died? She's like, millions. He's like, more than the millions of people who died on the Death Star? And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Literally, yeah. millions yeah. of people died on the Death Star. A planet-sized right. space station full of people blew up two of them twice like and she drops really that she's like yeah she she's like both of them yeah i was like which yeah. one yeah. she said which one which were you one? on <laughs> so bad ass and it's this awesome standoff great dialogue and then she shoots him in, in the, the face, face. <laughs> <laughs> the way you both said that in tandem so good but to to get these people together i, I, I skipped over the scene where the Mandalorian and Boba Fett recruit 
Bo-Katan and the Casca Reeves, Casca Reeves, which is a freaking sweet scene because she DDTs Boba yeah. Fett into oh, a table. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She does like a signature, like, an actual wrestling yeah, move, yeah. wrestling move yep. with a rocket pack, badass. But we get to see the Mandalorians fighting about Mandalore. He's like, that place is done. That place is shattered glass. And the pur- this brings back sort of references to the Purge of Mandalore and something that's from the Halo universe called glassing, which is when you destroy a planet so hard, the surface turns into molten lava and turns to glass. So killing mm-hmm. essentially everything on top. And he's like, they, they destroyed Mandalore. And this really shows the large amount of inner prejudice that Mandalorians have between each other. And again, like I said earlier, how hard it's going to be for Bo-Katan to unite the Mandalorian people together. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, the, the whole scene of them coming in and Bo-Katan immediately knows the voice. And that was the big thing. Yes. When Boba Fett talks, she mm. immediately knows that, hey, you're not a Mandalorian. You're a clone trooper because that's what they were cloning off of was Jango Fett's DNA on uh, Kamino, right? Yeah. So Dr. Pershing, mm-hmm. which is also, he has a patch from Kamino because he's part of that whole cloning empire thing. And then going back to that scene where, you know, uh, Cardoon shoots the dude straight in the face, he talks about the tattoo that she has. So we finally get to know what that, that rebel tattoo on her, on her face is. Mm-hmm. And that's the tears of Alderaan or something like he was talking about how she has that yeah yeah because that was when alderaan exploded by the death star so i thought that was pretty cool another nod to the original trilogy episode four five and six to talk about something that's not as deep as you guys but i don't know if i was the only one who thought this the previous episode we got to see them inside slave one and we got to see the back uh, like the ship was moving because like we talked about at the end of our last section uh our last episode together when we do our launch pad high five it kind of is slave one esque where it comes in horizontal and then turns vertical like the slave one does so you got to see like pieces and they didn't make a big deal of it It was just the the set was moving to show how that would happen i thought it was so cool when the slave one takes the lambda shuttle in this one and they dock. I was like, are we going to see how they dock? I was like, how does that one shuttle attach to the other shuttle? And I was waiting for an exterior shot that whole scene and they never Most showed Most people it. do their docking in private, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what part of that ship would touch what part of that ship? I was really interested. Kyle just showed me with his hands what it was like. <laughs> That's obscene, Kyle. That's obscene. <laughs> I really like, I'd love, I'd love to, to know what part of, because we know we know where you walk out the ramp of the Lambda shuttle, but that's not sealed. I think I think he spun around backwards, and there's like a, a piece on the back that you know that they <laughs> they go back to back. Let me go get my let me go get my Kenner my Kenner toys. I'll be <laughs> right, right back. Okay. <laughs> me and Robert Rodriguez will plan out this whole thing. Have you ever seen that diagram? It's like how does a xenomorph wear a hat? Like does it go like this? Does it go like this? <laughs> Just like all the different positions. How does yeah. a slave one dock with a Lambda shuttle? We get a yeah. lot of like descriptions of the dark saber. Like Bo-Katan really says, like I need this thing because mm-hmm. that's going to be what what makes me the ruler of Mandalore again. Yeah. And she's like, leave, leave Moff Gideon to me. Yeah. It can cut through anything mm-hmm. except pure Beskar steel. And this is like one of those video game moments where you've already done a quest like way ahead. You're like way quested ahead. You've been killing boars in the woods. So you're really beefed up and you come to this mission. And they're like, it won't cut through pure Beskar steel. And I'm like, good. I'm wearing that shit head to toe. 
Head to toe, best oh, car. Oh, see, seal. I would have been like, I don't have a best car n- scarf around my neck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't have a best car cod piece. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see the we didn't see the forger make that for him. Did, did like, he? Have, here did, is your cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's vulnerable. It's like an Achilles heel, but an Achilles something else. So uh, they they show up to Moff Gideon's ship in the Lambda shuttle being chased. I'm doing air quotes, chased by Slave One. And they're like, let us dock. I thought that was a cool idea. Let us dock. And he's like, what part of the ship you want to dock with? No. (laughs) He's immediately like, dude, I know how the Death Star went down. I'm not letting Lambda shuttles through shit. So they're like, no, no. How about we just send out some TIE fighters? And he's like, no, 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 we got to dock. And they're like, you're pretty insistent on this docking thing. How about we just send out some some TIE fighters? And like, no, we're coming in hot. And he's like, fuck. Do not fly directly down my starship urethra. And they just go <laughs> right in there. Kyle, no, don't do that hand signal. <laughs> yeah, so the docking happens. They crash right into that, which is a great scene. And the door awesome. drops and they bust out just shooting motherfuckers up. So we got Bo-Katan. Cara Dune and uh, the what's your name again? <laughs> Ed Harris, Oscar Reeves. Hey, we got we got another Marvel <laughs> Endgame with the women coming out and guns blazing. Yes, <laughs> but see, here's the thing, and this is like a big deal to me. I thought it was badass that there's a crack commando team of women kicking ass here, and at no point in this entire sequence do they ever look at each other and be like. Let's show the boys how it's done. Yeah. No, they just, they just came in they to kick ass. They just fucking kick ass. And I'm like, Mandalorian, this is now the second time or so that Mandalorian has been with a bunch of women who are out and out kicking more ass than he is. And I think that that's a really big thing. And I think, you know, to, to really get into it, I recently watched the original trilogy again. Leia is one of the most awesome in my, and again I, I honestly don't know if by being a man i'm like quote unquote allowed to say this or feel this but she's such a badass character she doesn't take shit from anyone one of the first things we see her do is lip off to darth vader yeah. she commands she she takes over her own rescue when han and luke are not doing a good job about it and she talks shit the whole time and she gets shit yep. done and she doesn't need anybody's help to do it and i think that's fucking unreal and i think as far as we celebrate female characters in 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 media and in entertainment, she's not even celebrated enough, even though we do celebrate her. And I think this kind of scene in this, you know, chapter sixteen, the rescue, this scene is that sort of like, I'm gonna fucking come in there. My gun is jammed. Girl, you cover me and I'll fix my gun and then we'll kick ass again. And there's no like, oh, we killed all these men, right, ladies, which I feel like. Yeah. Every other thing, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman did it, yeah. Endgame did Both it, Wonder all Woman these did other it. things, and all these scenes that have like strong female characters, they're pointing at it, and to me, that's the production being like, see, we value women. It's like, but you can't fucking tell me that. If right. you help a homeless person and then tell everyone you helped a homeless person, <laughs> it detracts from the actual- beat. Slam that shit up on Instagram. It's like, that just completely eradicates yep. why you're doing right. a good like, deed. Right, like, you help them, and exactly. I guess that's good, but it's not It's not self-serving like it should be. And in this case, I yeah. think it is. So when they come out, I, when they came out of that, that shuttle blasting, and then they kick ass all the way to the bridge, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Cosca Reeves and Bo Katan when they they're on the sky bridge and they jetpack over underneath yep. and then come flying Under- back yes. and like, yeah. Yeah. that was yeah. so good. Although I did wonder like what they were doing down there. They were like, 
<laughs> laughing about it, giggling <laughs> in silence, and then. <laughs> and so in the meantime, while they're kicking ass and taking names, we got Mandalorian. He's sneaking around. I'm a sneaky boy. And he's sneaking around to shut down the dark troopers because they're getting powered up in a very video game like you have two minutes before we are powered up <laughs> with, with the tech with the techno music yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so he gets to the door shuts it one gets out and then he sends them off they're like the fucking boba fett's uh, <laughs> they are he sends them out like a regular boba fett they get sucked out the airlock uh but he still has to fight this one and we see damn Dark Trooper doesn't come to play, and it's punching him in the head. Good thing he's got that Beskar steel on. It's wild. I mean, this fight is great. He kills him with the spear. He's punching him in the head against a wall, and his head is going into the wall. I don't know if you guys have ever played football or had a construction helmet on and gotten dinged in the head. I played football. Rumi was a sports boy? If you have a helmet (laughs) on, it saves a lot, but you're still getting hit in the head. In the head. Yeah, so <laughs> I've never been punched in the face by a robot, <laughs> but I would imagine if I had a helmet on, it would cushion some of it. Yeah, I'm going to get my kids and put my helmets on them and have them punch each other in the <laughs> face to see if that's accurate. Robert Rodriguez. His said. head is still inside the helmet and yeah. the helmet isn't moving. Right, there's still a head. Yeah, in there. His yeah, head's yeah, just yeah, like, exactly. dong, dong, dong. Your, yeah. your, your, your neck is still moving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His so, head is literally being yeah. rung like a Bezcar bell. It's a good fight scene, though, because it clearly shows like how outmatched he is. And it's like that Terminator thing of yeah, like, yes. I don't care if you have a flamethrower on your wrist. I don't care if you have rockets in your right. knees. I don't care if you have, you know, those whistling little things on. Whistling birds. I'll fight. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I think that's, it's it's pretty cool. And he definitely tries like a lot of his tricks to, to get this yeah. thing off him. I just like that scene where he, when he uses the flamethrower on him and the death, the dark trooper just turns its head and looks at him. And it's just like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do now, bitch? You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. like, you can't do nothing. Like, I'm, I'm still more powerful than you. And then he just wrecks him with that Beskar spear. I'm so glad they brought that out because that was the last weapon he had when the res- Razor Crest blew up besides the knob that symbolized him and Grogu. But other than that, yeah, I think the, the fa- M-Band phase blaster was gone. Yeah. So the only thing mm-hmm. that was left was the Beskar spear that he got from Ahsoka after she defeated the magistrate. And it's a badass weapon. And, and like you said, it definitely calls back to Terminator. You know, the first Terminator, when the Terminator, she's fighting him with the rebar. It's really cool. It's a great scene. We get a badass battle. He beats, he de- defeats it. And then he finds Grogu and Moff Gideon is holding the Darksaber to Grogu's neck. And you're like, no, don't do that. Already like he's, and that's another one of those things like Giancarlo Esposito he is playing all these amazing characters and all these amazing shows that like when I saw him in the first season, I was like, really? He's going to be in this now too? But two seconds into it, you're like, I'm totally convinced and I'm so happy with this casting that he is that character. Yeah. And when he's standing there holding essentially a lightsaber to a child's neck, you're like, someone not to be fucked with. Okay. What's this scene going to ha- Like, what is this scene going to happen with? You know? And he gives him this big speech. It, it's just chewing up Bad the scene. Speech, yeah. yeah monologuing it up yep. and he's like go ahead take him take him you let me live and uh and you can have the kid i already got what i want which means grogu's been like sucked dry like a vampire so yep. he's like all right cool so he tries to get grogu and immediately moff gideon's like bam hitting him with the hitting him with the dark saber and lucky he had that beskar steel on so <laughs> it's this badass mm-hmm. fight of him like using his body and spear to fight Moff Gideon, and it is a fight. This is like one of the biggest, like knockdown melee brutal 
hand-to-hand combats we've seen in a long time because in most Star Wars fights, the lightsaber duels have gotten so flourishy, very visually stunning. This was just brutal, slamming him into walls, punch him in the face, hitting him with his wrist gauntlets, and it was a great fight. And Mandalorian gets the upper hand, takes him, he's got the darksaber, he's got his baby Yoda, and he walks up to the bridge, and Bo-Katan's like, I told you one thing, one thing. <laughs> yeah. And what do we find? What do we find has now happened now that Mandalorian has the Darksaber? Uh, they went to the wrong moon, <laughs> and uh, the Nava computer was complaining to them. It's like, can we calculate? <laughs> no, no. So I think what season three is going to lead up to is now it's going to be who is going to get the Darksaber? Are they going to, is Bo-Katan Kryze going to fight Mandalorian to the death? Because she is not willing to take it when he's willingly giving it to her. But what's weird is, in Rebels, the animated series, mm-hmm. Sabine Wren, who's another Mandalorian, just willingly gives Bo-Katan the Darksaber after she got it from combat fighting with Gar Saxon. Maybe she and, didn't hear the whole deal. Maybe, maybe Bo-Katan didn't yeah. know at that point that you had to like fight for it. And she already has this one stain on her record of just getting right. handed it. And maybe people gave her shit <laughs> for that. That's, that, that's my exactly. justification is she got handed to it. She's like, cool, mine now, boom. And then everybody was like, you, dude, you, did you know you had to fight for that? And she's like, no, nobody told me. Right. Maybe Mandalorians can give it. To, uh, no, because he's, he's, he's a Mandalorian. He's a Mandalorian. He's a fondling. But- maybe girls can give it. Maybe it's a girl. <laughs> oh. Ladies. But maybe maybe it's because of the fact that she was given to it, and then John somewhere along the timeline, John Carl Esposito, so Moff Gideon somehow got the dark saber. So maybe Bo-Katan is embarrassed the fact that she lost it the first time. Yeah, sure. By yeah, yeah. somehow Moff Gideon getting it from her. Yeah, and now she was feeling that she needed to prove herself in order to be the rightful ruler of Mandalore. She needs to actually fight the guy who took it from her. So. Right. So she's pissed probably that Mando now has it and then he's doing the same thing that Sabine Wren did to her by just giving it to her willingly. And she's like, I didn't earn this. I can't be the rightful ruler of Mandalore. And them saying, oh, yeah, she was just given to her a second time. And it's super right, funny, right. too, because it's it reminds me of like a South Park episode where she's like, we must fight to the death. He's like, no, I don't care. Here you go. And she's like, no. Yeah, he's like, here, yeah. I don't care. And the rest of the time, they're going to be like, we must now fight to the death because this is the truth. This is the truth told to us by the prophecy. He's like, I, I don't give a shit here. You can have it. And they're like, no. He was like, I can. he's like, I, it doesn't matter. I concede. And he gives, I concede. I <laughs> yeah. concede. And they're like, no. Yeah. She's like, no, I can't. I, I, I surrender. I concede. And he's yeah. like, God damn another video game side plot I have to muddle my way yeah. through? God damn it. And now this whole scene, Gideon is kind of giving us the exposition mm-hmm. of this. He's explaining to Mandalorian and then us. If he wasn't handcuffed, he'd be like rubbing his hands together like, <laughs> yeah. But the whole time I'm going, I'm watching this and I'm like, there are fucking dead bodies and guns everywhere. And I was like, are they really not going to watch him closer? And as I thought that to myself, he looks down at a blaster and kind of leans over mm-hmm. it. So you're like, again, this show knows what I'm thinking yep. and is going to take care of most of these loose ends. He then grabs the gun and shoots Cosca um, Reeves. Boca- Cosca Reeves. Yeah. But like she gets up again. Mm-hmm. So like it really is inconsequential to everything. Yeah. But like while this is happening, all the freaking dark troopers that got Boba fetted out the. Oh, that's right. Out yeah. the airlock have come back, which I was like, 
thank God, because I was like, if that's how you defeat all the dark troopers, I'm going to be pissed off. They fly back in because they're robots, and they start just fucking punching the door, and they're coming through. This is like the orcs in Lord of the, Lord Rings. Of the Rings. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that Lord yeah. of the Rings when they're yeah. trying to hold the door back, and the orcs are just punching through. Yep. They are going to come in, and as we've seen, I mean, they could take out one of them, maybe two of them, but there's like 30 of them, and it's going to be a bad time. And you're like, oh, no. I hope something comes in at the last minute and saves us. You know, this show loves some Deus Ex Machina. And what do we get? What does it love? Deus Ex Wing Machina. Oh. They look out the window and they say, there's a single, a single fighter coming in. And they said, it's a single X-Wing. And the second they said that, I think they even acknowledged that why would a, a re- the resistance right. or why would the, the, the New Republic send one single fighter? Yeah. And I remember being like, no. no. And I was looking to see if it was X5, right? We all fucking yep. all yep. were looking to see if it was yep. X5. Red 5, yep. Fuck, man. And then it docks. And then it, it in, a, in a really cool... Yeah, there's a lot of... That. Both Aaron and Kyle are showing me with their fingers how docking it. <laughs> but, in, it, you know, I think everybody, all of us, like our hearts kind of stopped. They stopped breathing at that point. The ship docks. And then through a couple quick shots, but mostly through security camera footage, which is a cool way to tease it, we see a cloaked figure get out and start walking towards all these dark troopers. And then a lightsaber comes out. But it's black and white footage, so for a second, we don't know what color, what color? the lightsaber yep. is, right? Yep. And you're, we're all like, is it Luke? Is it Luke? You're trying to catch a, hand, a, a hint of the hilt to see if it's if it's the return of the Jedi saber. And he's just cutting through that. And I swear to God, guys, I don't, I, I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to admit I started to get choked up. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. uh, the fact that it could be Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. was so magical and it got me so fucking excited. My wife got mad at me because I was nerdgasm all over the place. Like everything was a mess. It was like just dripping off the wall. She had to wipe down the <laughs> yeah, table after like, this episode. We just done. ate. Oh, you got it on the baby. <laughs> I was losing my mind the second I was like, he's got a gloved hand. Yeah, that's right. You see the gloved hand. And then there is, the, I remember the first shot, you do see the green lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an over the, he kind of walks mm-hmm. into frame over the shoulder. And you see the lightsaber is green yeah. and it does look like the return of the Jedi. It was the return Hilt. of the Jedi Hill and a gloved just, hand. You're yeah. like, oh my God. And then immediately I was like, is who's gonna play him? Who's how is this gonna right, right. But he's again, like what I said about um in our last episode when I talked about the the episode thirteen with the Jedi mm-hmm. with Ahsoka, mm-hmm. he is cutting through these things in a way that you think a person would do. Right. It's not a video game, no. it's not a cartoon. It definitely is reminiscent of the end of Rogue One where yes. Darth Vader is just cutting yes. through the rebellion troops. Like but father, like son. Absolutely. So and it cool. like it it's it's definitely a theme. It's a visual theme that they're going for, but it looks real. He's using some mm-hmm. force powers, crushing but like, them with his force. He yeah. is it's not, you know, it's not force unleashed. He's not whipping a lightsaber everywhere. He's using the same lightsaber moves we've seen in the original trilogy, right. but on unarmed, you know, essentially unarmed opponents. Right. He's force holding some of them. Uh, it's it's unreal, and it just yeah, it was the culmination of the entire you know however many episodes for me sixteen episodes. Right. This is where that whole se- the whole two seasons led up. Right. Tell me how you guys are feeling when you're watching this happen. Luke is working his way towards the bridge, and we are spellbound, just like the Mandalorians watching this happen, right? It was just the music that they picked for it. It was just, it was Luke's theme, and it was just like the best 
like calm music, even though he's destroying these dark troopers, you know, just like you said, it's very human because it's not like the flashy spinning. It's very like if we were having swords in our hand, trying to defeat people, how am I going to kill this person? Not do a bunch of cartwheels and backflips. It's just mm-hmm. very strong, powerful moves. And, you know, the fact that it was, you know, Luke, it was just, it was just crazy. Like, like, like you said, you got teared up. I, I was getting all choked up too. And it was crazy. Cause it was like, this is the first time that there, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are bringing something from the original and not making it cheese ball. They're making yeah. it like something that can relate and tie everything in. And you're like, Oh shit, this is like, you know, going to be the future of star Wars where, Grogu now is connected with Luke Skywalker yeah. and you're just like whoa I thought this was like a show that was part of kind of like the Skywalker saga but not really it was something outside of it but then they brought this in and you're just like okay this is actually related and it's actually makes sense you know it's and incredible it, it, it's incredible yeah it's crazy it was so good I had to take a shower and smoke a cigarette afterwards and I haven't <laughs> smoked in 15 you know I'm just kidding I didn't have a cigarette <laughs> but it was like it, it it did everything you wanted it to be. It was as good as that Darth Vader moment in Rogue One where I'm high-fiving the little kid next to me even though I don't know mm-hmm. him. It's just like, it was, <laughs> it was so good. And then we see Luke. It's a little uncanny valley, but I will mm-hmm. say this. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. weirdest way, when you pause it or you see stills, you're like, that's not that bad. That actually looks really good. But yeah. when it was in motion, there's something mm-hmm. about it that yeah. wasn't real. It looked like a video game cutscene yeah, In the weirdest exactly. way. But okay, you know what? At least Luke was back. We got Luke. Right. It's not the worst Uncanny Valley we've had from Star Wars. I think Leia takes the cake for that. But you know what? You just wowed me so good that you were able to get away with an Uncanny Valley and not have me hate it. Right, mm. right. Well, we thought that Sebastian Stan was going to be the film because he looks like young Luke, I, like, like yeah, young Mark Hamill. Yeah, he already works yeah, for Disney. So, Get him in exactly. there. Exactly. So I was like, man, they should have used Sebastian Stan because he looks like a young Mark Hamill. They should have, and, and they should have done that. But you know what? I'm 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 glad they what for what they did for what it was worth. It was actually very emotional. Like I don't think we were really focusing on it until after the fact when you rewatch it about yeah. you know the CGI face on it, but just the emotion that you're getting that it's fucking Luke Skywalker yeah. and you're just like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. And then Aaron, I don't know if you want to drop the last bomb right here, but who else appears right next to Luke? Just, just <laughs> the moment where you're like, Luke looks like a creepy roar to Yeah. They, they did that just to distract you yep, from yep, how yep. creepy Luke was looking. And R2D2 exactly. shows up and Grogu's like, I like shiny metal things. What's up, dude? <laughs> and we get this moment. I know a lot of people are like, did R2D2 save Grogu from the Order 66? Mm. I don't know about any of that. I'm not even going to. Hypothesis. There is a there is a moment that could be recognition yeah. between the two of them. It's definitely interest. I I thought it was just interest of a baby being like, oh, a fucking robot. But like, I think it was R two D two being like, more. I remember when a bigger version of you whacked me with a stick. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you, fuckers. He was like, you better not try to take any of Luke's meal ready to eat. You know, don't <laughs> don't try to take his fucking fish sticks. Otherwise, I will grab it. From <laughs> I will grab it from you. Yeah, no amount of stick whacking will make me let go of that fish stick this time. But you know, we have this really touching moment where Mandalorian takes off his helmet and Grogu yeah. sees his face for the first time. And it's like mm-hmm. that moment alone, you're like, oh, Luke Skywalker, he took his mask off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll see you again sometime. And we leave with Luke and Grogu walking off. 
And you're like, mm-hmm. wow, he's going to train him as a Jedi. And the credits start to roll. And I go, wait a sec. Luke is oh. a terrible Jedi master. Yeah. Oh, exactly. no. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no. Yeah. Well, based off of the, well, okay. The finale series or sequel series, I didn't care for, right? I Obviously, I don't think you cared for or Matt cared for. But the fact that we saw Luke fail. And they explained that when he failed Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren killed his students yeah. at another Jedi temple and then burned the temple down. And you're thinking, okay, did Grogu survive then? If Luke is taking him now at 50 years old, you know, Grogu at 50, around that timeline, he would have been around, I think, eight, I think I was reading, I was like 80 years old, yeah. Grogu. So he would be Grogu. like a teenager Grogu and... You know, did he survive? Because obviously we didn't. Um, mark my words, Grogu oh. is Kylo Ren. If you think about it, if you rearrange the letters, <laughs> there's too many parallels there to ignore. Well, and in my head, Grogu doesn't Played just... Played by Justin Bieber. Yeah, Grogu just doesn't leave. <laughs> he's one of those guys who sticks around to teach more Padawans. Like, he's going to stick around and help Luke out. Like, hey, you got the school going? You know, right. plenty of people who go to an awesome school and then they stick around to be a teacher. And the, and it's like they, they continue that legacy. Right. So... Man, we have a lot to figure out now, and I'm really worried because Luke is a terrible Jedi Master and never teaches <laughs> well, it's, people it's, well. It's really interesting because I think we're in a heyday now where you know Disney and Marvel have these licenses, so we have all these TV shows and movies coming. Mm-hmm. We have comic books, right? And I don't know if you guys have been reading, but I've been reading some of the more recent Star Wars comic books, and they're pretty good. Like Maybe none of them are like award-winning but they're good. They they make me excited about the universe and where it's going. You think about like each storyline like as a, as part of a zipper, mm-hmm. right? You think about Luke's storyline as zipper and where the teeth would be. Mm-hmm. Then you think about Grogu's storyline and where that zipper would be. And those two can run parallel. So you could think about, Kyle, like you said, the new trilogy. We know where Luke was for a lot of that. Mm-hmm. We don't know where Grogu was. Right. But th- the way that... that I mean, I'll say Disney, but the way that Filoni and, and Favreau are kind of setting up this show, they're making the teeth of the show of this zipper fit in with all the other Star Wars stuff we know about right. in such a cool and interesting way that I, I'm interested to see. Like, I didn't care for the second trilogy or, the, you know, the most recent trilogy. It was fine. It was nice to have new Star Wars stuff, but it wasn't good. This did but everything. Like, this did everything better. This yeah, the Mandalorian for sure, everything better. That's for I, sure. I, and yeah. I'm interested. I think you know, like Rumi is so against the prequels, and I get that. But I like that this move, that this show, Mandalorian, is like, wait, wait, wait. Take this idea of battle droids. What if they just obliterated a village, and these parents had the high? Like you see, super battle droids mm-hmm. fucking up a village, and right. people are scared. Nobody's ever been scared of a battle droid in Star Wars before, because who gives a roger, shit? Roger. But they're taking these things that they're like, check this out. I know what you think about it before. I'm not even going to, and this show is like, I'm not even going to comment on what they did, but just watch what I do with a battle droid. And you're like, all right, that's pretty cool. And somebody said to me this, they said, what Mandalorian is doing to the post Skywalker trilogy is fixing a lot of those holes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Somebody said, that's what the cartoons, the clone wars and rebels did for the prequels. Which mm-hmm. and I think you'd be happy. Which if made me back, want to yeah. investigate, if anything, to see the yeah. Mandalorian storyline and to see Grand Admiral Thrawn. And right. Kyle, Clone Wars is great, right? Clo- the cartoon. Clone Wars is great. And then just one little thing about Clone Wars: they're dropping the Bad Batch, so you get to see 
that was one of the new announcements they did on 2020 Invest- Investors Day is they're dropping Dave Filoni's coming out with another Clone Wars off spinoff called The Bad Batch. And we were introduced to him season seven, which I thought was the, one of the best story arcs because it's just about, about these clones with defective mutations that make them so different than just a regular clone trooper. Oh. Born on Camino. They had like, they don't call it, you know, like, like, you know, if I was born with like an extra foot or an extra arm or something like that or some unique quality. They call it like a genetic mutation. So these clones were defective, but they have special skill sets and each one has their own different uh, skill set. One fires lasers from his eyes. One has like claws <laughs> in his hands. One is like turned blue and hairy and one can control the weather. I saw that movie. It was called X-Men. Yep, it, was really yep, good. it was called X-Men. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's worth it. Kyle, you think yeah. Clone Wars is definitely worth the investment though, right? To watch the series? Yeah. I would, Rumi, I would be very surprised if you couldn't get into it. All right. And, and, and Rebels? Rebels almost... Even more so, Rebels takes a while because the first episode, mm-hmm. the first couple, the first season is very kid oriented. Yeah. But then they start bringing in some big things where you're like, wait, you're going to talk about this? And the yeah. way they talk about it, you're like, fuck. And, you know, it starts off with this little kid who ends up being like having, you know, a G ends up being a Jedi. He has having force powers. But you're like, how quaint and how silly. Oh, I'll, I'll be a Jedi. But then he fucking goes through this thing and you watch him. Like he's got one of the most uh, satisfying character arcs, I think, mm-hmm. of yeah. of a Star and Wars character. Watching this stuff about Bo Katan's history, they showed this shot of she's watching somebody she admires about to be executed by beheading, mm-hmm. and it shows it pans over her back, and then when it cuts around, the dude's head is on the floor, and it was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's there's badass. a lot of that kind of shit where you're like, what? There's a lot of stuff where like someone's talking, and all of a sudden, the tip of a lightsaber ignites through their chest. And then there's someone behind them who stabbed them with a lightsaber. It's so good. It, there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. It's pretty well, ball. 2021 yeah. um, might be the year that you get me to watch a prequel. I'm telling you, you thing. give it give it like six episodes, and if you're not interested, let it go. Yeah. But like in six episodes, I would think you'll at least be interested enough to keep trying. And once you hit some key episodes, you'll be on board. I mean, that's what that's what happened with me. Skip skip all the ones with droids and shit like that, like the little and missions Jar-Jar. with the droids, droids and, and Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah I'll skip tell you all the ones shit. you could skip. There's but, a couple you could just skip right over. But right. Towards the end, season five, there's a badass story arc with Darth Maul and the, the siege the siege of Mandalore. And then season six is another badass one. Season seven is even more badass with the exception of maybe Ahsoka Tana doing her own little side mission but the story arc for the first four episodes of that se- season seven and then the last four of the story arc of, the, of season seven is like, I think it was one of the greatest. There's things. an episode where a bad guy is, is kidnapping Jedi-sensitive children? Yes. Pretty cool. I pretend yeah. that the kids die. It makes it more, <laughs> more dramatic, but... Well, it definitely got me going. Mandalorian really made me interested in seeing where these expanded stories go. Mm-hmm. I, oh man leave so many questions up in the air but before we get into predictions for season three we got to get to the marvel end trailer scene Mm -hmm. (laughs) where we cut back to jabba's palace we see a big old Mm. bib fortuna fat fortuna he is (laughs) sitting in jabba's palace in his chair first of all i'm like bib fortuna lived and we (laughs) (laughs) what's that fucker been up to (laughs) He's been eating. He's been eating. That's why he's so fat. Yeah, he's been <laughs> yeah, eating. Yeah, that's true. And then suddenly Boba Fett shows up and he's like, Boba Fett, I thought you died. And he's like, bitch, I thought you died. 
McClunky. McClunky's him. Shoots him right in the face. We get a McClunky out of it. Shoots him mm-hmm. right in the face. Kills him. Kicks him off. Kicks him off the chair. And then sits down on the throne and it pulls back and is like, Book of Boba Fett coming next year. And you're like, what? So we get to see Boba Fett. pretty cool. That could could be pretty baller. Take over the Jabba crime syndicate, syndicate, which would be amazing. That would be such a cool show. It's got got the the bones for a really cool story. I also like the idea that like they're landing on Tatooine, right? And Boba Fett's like, first of all, she's like, where are we going? Because she had her own life yeah. before this. And he's like, oh, well, I used to work for this gangster. He ended up getting killed. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I heard this explosion when I was down in the Sarlacc. <laughs> One of the guys up above told me when he fell in. <laughs> he's like, dude, you're not going to believe what's going on up there. <laughs> he's like, what happened to you? He was like, I was fighting Luke Skywalker. He almost hit with a lightsaber and I fell in. <laughs> Boba Fett was like, yeah, but Sarlacc didn't burp when you were right? <laughs> Then he goes, he's like, they're landing. What's the girl's name? The sniper girl? Fennec Shan, played by Ming-Na Wen, who, plays, who voiced Mulan. So she's... she's okay, Fennec Shan? Yeah, Fennec Shan, yeah. Yeah, she's like, so where are we going? He's like, all right, Tatooine, this guy, he was a big crime boss. I'm going to go. I'm sure someone has filled that vacuum, but there's no way they're as powerful as Jabba, and there's no way they're as powerful as me. I'm, I'm going to take this crime syndicate over. She's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm down. I'll go with you. He's like, all right, I'm in charge, though. She's like, that's fine. He's like, but when I kill this guy... I'm sitting in the throne. <laughs> I don't necessarily care what you do, but like fives on that seat. And she's like, all right. I mean, I'll stand off to the side like an 80s like, like sorcerer poster, if that's cool. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's fine. But don't sit down. <laughs> because like that happens. He sits there and he's just like, I'm the man now. And she's like, okay, I'll sit on the arm. I'll be over here. Drinking, and sp- she's just drinking like, spotchka. <laughs> yeah, I just love the idea that she's like, yeah, you could be the crime lord. Yeah. I'll just be your the guy. I'll be your bo. I guess she's gonna be his bo. She's gonna fan, be his bib for right? tuna. De Wanawanga. De Jabba Nobada. Oh, De Boba Nobada. Well, super excited for that. But it left me with so many questions about what's gonna happen to the child. What's gonna happen to Grogu? What's gonna happen to the Mandalorian? And we need predictions for season three. Kyle, what do you got? Predictions for season three. Well, since because they introduced the book of Boba Fett December 2021. So obviously season three of the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett are supposedly slated for the same time frame. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I think season three Mandalorian though is going to be the battle of Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian having to figure out, are they going to duel? Who's going to be the rightful ruler of Mandalore? Are they going to, I don't know, marry or something like that so they can bring the Mandalorians together again as a plan, you know, as a, as their plan of Mandalore or what? Or if they're going to have this epic battle scene where maybe Mando has to kill Bo-Katan and, and her line or she kills him or something. But I don't see that happening because of how successful this show is. I don't think they would kill Upton Jar the Mandalorian right. that soon. It's- I hope that I hope the marriage thing that you said happens just so that we have a scene where a preacher can say, you can now kiss the bride. And there's that awkward moment where he doesn't take his <laughs> helmet off. She could take her helmet off, but either way, it's not going to work. Like, if she takes her helmet off and kisses his helmet, or if she keeps her helmet on and they helmet kiss, I think that makes more sense. But either way, Filoni, 
Favreau, get on that. Figure that shit out right there. Do that with your... Get Rob, Robert Rodriguez in there with action figures to plot that point out. Now, Matt, you said you didn't really care that much for Grogu, so you are okay if Grogu's not in season three. Yes, although like I like the idea of him, but I feel like in the first season, and then even more so in this season, he was a plot and a, a plot and a prop more than he was a character. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of him as a character. I would love to see Luke and him do things, but I don't want to see Luke do things and he is there. And I think that's what happened a lot here. Um, He did, I think Grogu did less things this season than he did in season one. Like in season one, he helped the Mandalorian a couple times. He didn't really help anything. He didn't really affect the out. I mean, obviously a lot of things happened because of his existence here. But I want to like I would love to see some training. Like the idea of Jedi training is so interesting to me, and we've only seen so much of it in in film. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the Yoda Luke stuff is some of the best training. Yeah. I would love to see some of that, and you can bookend it so well because he's the same species mm-hmm. as Yoda. So Luke training him in different <laughs> ways looks like carry me on your back. All right, want to hop on? Three, two, Aliyup. And you got you got Grogu. Now climb do, that vine. You got Grogu yeah, doing a handstand, doing a handstand. and Luke standing yep. on him like. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and Grogu has to pick the X-wing out of the swamp. Yeah, there you go. Now, if Grogu went into the 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 magic tree, would it be? A Darth Vader shaped Grogu, or actually a Grogu shaped Darth Vader. So it looked like that, and he'd be like, "Oh, who's under that Yoda shaped Darth Vader mask?" That'd be pretty great. I'd 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 watch that episode. Here's the thing: as somebody who's a huge fan of Lone Wolf and Cub, the samurai mm-hmm. kung fu series, so mm-hmm. good. And this is a huge reference to that. Like the whole you know Lone Wolf and Cub action. You know, you got the kid in the in the baby carriage and you have the samurai fighting alongside them you know i wish they i know they could get back to that and i think that's such a integral part of the mandalorian i don't mind if they get through some of it without grogu but if you don't bring grogu back you're doing a huge disservice to the series so i think once grogu Hmm. maybe has a better ability to assist him to be like a badass with him you know you get a grogu who comes back with some some mobility and some skills. I think that could be amazing to see them sort of side by side, especially if like Grogu, he goes and finds Grogu, you know, we do a time jump and he's like, he shows up at the Jedi monastery and it's been destroyed, decimated. And you get this moment where he's like, Oh my God, is Grogu dead? And Grogu's like, nah, I made it. I'm cool. And he's like, cool. Do you want to come with me and go do bounty hunter shit? And he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. Daddy. Oh, what if Grogu is the reason that the monastery was destroyed? Oh, what if he is, floundering he's not exactly dark side but what if he's not following the teachings that he should i mean it'd be pretty on brand for luke skywalker padawan so why not now in the investor rollout the announcement they said that he's going to have his own cooking show where he talks about (laughs) genocidal snackings and he's just going to talk about how he eats babies of different (laughs) species and (laughs) baby grogu's cookbook And they would say, it's not just Grogu. And then the audience goes, it's Grogu. And they rub their bellies. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like every dish he makes is just like, and just like eats it in one gulp. You're like, oh man, so good. To wrap this up, I have a couple like overspanning thoughts here. The first, 
some things that I liked a lot better than season one. Mm-hmm. Tracking fobs. Tracking fobs essentially just like a very video game-esque device that just led you directly to the thing you were tracking. What made that happen? Like, what is on you that my tracking fob can find you? And doesn't that take like a lot of the the, the work out of being a bounty hunter? Bounty hunter, hunter? yeah, that's the whole point of being a bounty hunter. Fob? Yeah. So I like that like they didn't explain that in season one and in season two it's not even mentioned. Yeah. So I'm glad that we didn't even get into that. I thought that was cool. We also like we are not the first geniuses to compare this series to a video game. But I like that you no longer have to go to the PlayStation store to get upgrades. Like I was getting tired of him going into the Mandalorian sewer to be like, here's my experience points. I'll take a new <laughs> shoulder pad, please. <laughs> I like <laughs> I liked rounding out the lore and hearing more about how he was a foundling and what the code was and everything. But like we always have to go back down to this and stop the gameplay and trade in our points to uh. So I'm glad that we didn't have that. Um I don't know if you guys noticed this. Here's that's the stuff I liked about it. Stuff that I didn't like. There was a lot and I mean a lot of helmet punching in this series is this season. A lot of people punched Mandalorian in the face, in his helmeted face, in his helmet that is made of Beskar, which everyone in this series knows is the hardest steel. They're punching him in the helmet. And he punches a couple people in the helmet, too. I didn't get that. We were talking about the dark troopers uh, getting blown out the airlock. I love the idea that whoever made that starship like designed it was the same guy who designed the Death Star. And he's like, okay, I have this idea. A great docking bay for these super expensive badass troopers. One wall of it, a door that leads to space. And it can be controlled from the hallway. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why would that be a thing? Why would you do it like that? As somebody who just got a house, there's a lot of light switches that I'm like, who? Why is this light switch over here? It's like this person must have like been like, oh, when I come in the front door, I want these lights to turn. I would never want those lights to turn on. But that person who built the house, want, yeah, somebody's like, why don't we put it by the door that it controls? No, no, no. I want it to be controlled yeah. by both doors so somebody can be outside safely when we do this. So dumb. Yeah, that's like if you turned on like a lamp in your living room, your garage door opened, but like into space. Uh, his best car armor. Yeah, I know that a lot of times I call it plot armor. He literally had plot armor a lot of times where I was like, well, good thing I have this impenetrable yeah, armor. Yeah. I, and there's, you know what, there's a lot of that stuff in Star Wars specifically sure. because of the lightsaber. And I get it. Like you have to, like if everybody can't fight a lightsaber, it's not fun. Yep. There was a lot of lines in this like, oh, you son of a mud scrubber. Yep. And there was another thing McCarthy. that was like, like, yeah, it was like, isn't that the schlabada calling the flubadoo slimy? And it was like, I get it. You're in space. Yeah. Like, stop dank, fucking dank, talking dank like ferric. that. That was all used too much. That dank ferric line. Yeah, it was too much. I was like, yeah. I get it. I fucking, you're, there's aliens behind you. Yeah. You don't have to keep talking like you're in space. Right. Um, and the last one I had was, I like, we talked about uh, Gideon holding this dark saber to the baby's, the baby's neck. Yeah. And I walked in, I was like, where did they get those little baby handcuffs? Because <laughs> uh, they've arrested lots that. of children. How how dangerous is that? Well, was, I guess that. But then I was like, I thought of that as a joke, and then I was also like, well, I guess, I guess, like, there's all different types of aliens in the entire galaxy, and the Empire has to be ready to detain all of them. Yeah. And some of them are going to be small. Like, I bet you, Sabulba's wrists are very similar 
in stature to grow goose, right? Maybe a little bit bigger. Sure. But I just love that they're like, uh, we need handcuffs. And they're like, they call down to like the armory. He's like, what size? They were like, uh, petite. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a Princess Leia petite or, oh, no, no, newborn. no. You got like, a newborn? <laughs> you know Yoda? Did you, did you, did you read the dossier on Yoda? Picture him, but as a baby. Yeah, we're going to need handcuffs up here. Those, those are my, my things that took me out of there. As much as I love this show and, you know, I, you can't make a perfect thing, but, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's been incredible. What a great season. I cannot wait to see where they go. I cannot wait to see where the spinoffs go. I mean, there's just so much to look forward to. A book of Boba Fett. It, just everything. It's going to be amazing. It's just fun. Someone, my, Barry was like, this show is not great. Why do you think it's so great? Shut up, Barry. And I was like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Barry. <laughs> you don't like good but things. But it's like, it's not, it's not that it's great. It's not bad, but it's just fucking fun. And I think that like, you, the three of us, right? We're all about the same age. We grew up with the same Star Wars stuff. We want our Star Wars to be a certain way, and this is this is the way, you know. And I think like all the other stuff, even the new trilogy was not bad, but it wasn't good. It wasn't Star Wars. I think we've been waiting for this, and it keeps delivering. Mm-hmm. So it's not a great show. It's not Breaking Bad, no, but it's fun as hell, and it's exactly what I want to do. And it, it it gives us those boners, and it also gives us that moment where you see fucking Luke's X wing. And like our hearts stop and you're like, this is the magic that like eight year old Matt felt watching Empire. And you can tell that the people making it are the same guys who somebody walks into their office and they're like, hey, John, I got a quote. Are are you playing with toys? He's like, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm working out a fight scene. Like, yeah, they're still playing with toys. And this is a chance to see fans who love this show, who love Star Wars, who love this franchise, it is in good hands with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. It is in good hands. So, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been really great to talk Mandalorian with you. We'll see you back soon, man. We got we got yeah, a lot to talk about. Season three is coming up. Yep. I cannot wait. Keep letting us know what you're finding out as more things get uncovered. Every time somebody watches the show, they find something new or notice something new or see something flying in the background. There's so much more we could be talking about, but... It's been amazing. Let us know, you guys, if you guys have seen stuff that we didn't talk about in these last three episodes. Also, if you haven't listened to the first episode we did last week about the first handful of episodes with Kyle, check that out. But let us know what we missed. Let us know what we didn't have time to talk about. Let us know the the nerdy shit that you guys got excited about or that you noticed and the theories that you've read or even theories that you guys know. We love to read and hear that stuff. So please let us yeah, know. Yeah, hit us up on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Guys, let's blast this thing off. It's been a good one. Kyle, you know how to do it. Yes, sir. Three, two, one. <laughs> guys, we've been the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.